WFH with two guys. Now here's Benny and Dennis. As we go into the summer, we're ending summer here at this uh, this point here, Dennis. The economy is top of the mind. Do you go on to any of the the news websites or you listen to any of the TV broadcasts? The economy is it, it's 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 a little bit of an uncertain and maybe some people would say a little scary time. Talking about recession, we certainly are experiencing inflation. And I think that is really affecting a lot of people, not only personally, but certainly as us as business owners, we have to really take a real hard look at what that means to us. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, as I talk to some of my clients and hear from them, you know, things are okay in some sectors, but there's some sectors I think that are beginning to feel an impact more than others. And we heard from some of our listeners about, hey, can you get someone on just to talk about kind of economics 101 and help mm-hmm. us understand how to navigate through kind of these dips. We've been kind of at a peak for the last six months or a year. Now we're kind of coming down on the other side. You know, what do I do and how do I, how do I navigate? Yeah. So today we are lucky to have Jay Spindell and he is going to give us a little bit of insight, maybe pull back the curtain a little bit of, from an understanding perspective, a little bit about what's going on. But Jay, thanks for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So we'll, we'll kick this off and, you know, we have this impression, we watch the news reports and we hear about what's going on. So let me not put words in anybody else's mouth, but can you kind of give us a little picture you know, as we sit today and we're recording this here in uh, around mid-August of 2022, what's, what are we looking at today? What's the state of our economy as you kind of see it there from, uh, from your world? Well, I think we're looking at a, a bit of a, a correction that was very uh, well needed, overly anticipated by a lot. And when something's overly anticipated, it usually goes farther than you think. You had a lot of COVID money thrown out at the marketplace and, and uh, it helped out a lot of people and the administration did the right thing at the right time. Um, <clears throat> but what what really happens here is that a correction is needed. Too many dollars chasing too many goods. and. When you couple that with supply chain problems that occurred and and the hike in in, uh, in hiring people became more expensive and, and you couldn't find people, that things go like a bit of a rubber band. They get pulled too hard to one side and 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 go too far to the other. So right now in, in the tech world, you've been seeing a lot of announcements about layoffs and hiring freezes because companies aren't able to meet their initiatives. Uh, luckily, the latest data that we've seen is that CPI and PPI, consumer price index and the producer price index, are, are kind of going ahead of, of uh, they're not as bad as, as the prior months where they were eclipsing uh, the expectations. So you're kind of having a little bit of, of, a, of a peaking in fear situation and a point in, in uh, where we are where uh, there's, there's a point where, where things are pausing. I mean, the fact Walmart's earnings really spoke very loudly that 51% of all their sales are food, yet their earnings were so bad that all the people were buying was food because mm. with energy being so high, they really weren't going to get that extra I, I, um, iPhone or, or iPad. Uh, they were waiting uh, to make uh, discretionary purchases uh, while we get through these rough times. Hmm. So having said all that, and we take a look at, you know, I'm a business owner. We, in our audience here, are business owners, 
we, we have to kind of think about the future. I think about the next month, three months, next year. Sure. How, how do we, how, what's the best way in your estimation? How should we be planning? A lot of people are talking about, uh, in general, my cost of goods is really going up. I, you know, for me to be able to sell these products, I am paying a lot more than I did a year ago. And I have to pass these on to my clients. And, you know, it, it's very scary for me right now. Should I hold off on inventory? Should I let some people go? What are you, what are you seeing? And, and what does that really mean for, the small business owner and how they should be looking at their business? Well, I've, I've seen uh, venture debt as well as uh, small loans from, from banks so based on, on prior performance be very helpful to bridge the gap to, to a more stable time. Hmm. Uh, they're not, companies are, are unable to raise uh, equity positions and, and dilute their shares Right now, the IPO market's closed, but the private market raises are also uh, not closed, but they'll offer a substantial discount from the last round uh, of, of fundraising. So people say, well, I don't want to destroy my stake. I, why do I want to sell the bottom? And, and maybe, maybe it shouldn't have gone as high as it, as it was, but I don't want to do a fire sale in order to raise money. So I think going out to the, the debt market is is probably a good alternative if they qualify for whether it be a, a credit facility of some sort that take as you need or or just setting themselves up for success to get through the rough times. Can can you talk a little bit about venture debt there? I, you know, I've heard the term before and I, I'm not too familiar with it. It's not something that I've done, but maybe can you talk to the audience a little bit about what is venture debt and you know, how does it work? Sure. So when I, I'm a vet, full disclosure, I'm a venture debt broker. I mm-hmm. have been registered uh, for over 30 years at various broker, FINRA broker dealers. The mm-hmm. uh, My opinions are my opinions and not those of the broker dealer, just full disclosure there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look for VC or venture capital backed companies that are from household names to me. It's big institutions with deep pockets that have done their due diligence and that either the tech is really interesting or or the healthcare industry, it might be a, a, a widget that someday might solve a major problem. And we look for the backing and lenders look for the backing too, to support those companies. The, the lenders don't want the first dollar loss to be theirs. They don't need to make six times their money. They just mm-hmm. wanna make their return. And the return would bank in the bank air arena, the return are lower than the venture debt. It's a little more expensive. Companies might mm-hmm. not qualify. They might not have as much cash or as much stability or might not want covenants that a bank might request. So I will go to um, e- either a registered investment advisor that, that uh, or a publicly traded business development corporation. And I would try to source debt for those companies to bridge the gap that's necessary during an uncertain time. And those facilities are there either as needed or as the company hits performance milestones. You know, this is Dennis, this is a topic I think that you and I have talked about many times that with the uncertainty of the way the world is today and talking some of our business friends, owners, they're, they're instead of maybe firing people and trying to get through these uncertain times, something like this could really be a godsend. It could be really helpful and not having to 
have the restrictions of some of the, the bank requirements, or maybe the bank loan is not the way to go, or maybe they can't get approved for something like that. This is kind of an interesting uh, mechanism for them to be able to use. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, you know, and again, I, I think back to our conversation back in May when we had uh, Spencer on f- from an accounting perspective, talking mm-hmm. about looking at triggers. And one of the triggers that he talked about that, you know, is that you might be a se- seasonal business and sometimes you make lots of money in the summertime, but your your winter months could be tough for you. So like if you're a pool business, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't mean you got to lay people off. It just means you need to either plan your cash better or get loans or have venture and money coming in to get you through there because they know that come the next season, you've got the potential to make that money back up and pay those loans back off. And so I think it's important for businesses to think through that, that it's not just don't follow the cash, um, but plan. And I think that's one of the key things that I'm hearing from Jay is, you know, that there's, there's mechanisms out there to help you navigate through some of these uncertain times from a cash flow standpoint, potentially, if you've got a good business plan. Now, if, if you're losing money right and left, Jay, I'm assuming it's probably be tough to get a loan or a venture capitalist unless you've got some great idea that they think has the potential to make money in the near future, but they're not going to invest if you are had three years of bad bad luck already and you don't have a plan. Those you're not going to, those people are kind of shit out of luck. Right. And, and there's a very old saying in the, in, in the, the debt world is, is that you People loan you money when you have money. So a general rule of thumb is to have at least a year's worth of cash if you're if you're a company that, that's burning cash. There's something I want to talk about conversely is there there are some companies, believe it or not, that are able have been able to weather the storm. It, it's not the majority, clearly. And they're actually have been opportunistic and to find some synergies with competitors and and Look, and, and that might be another way to go. It's like, you know what, I, I haven't, maybe I don't qualify for this, but maybe look at my competitors, have a conversation. We had uh, one um, one contact to name this, so it was four competitors in the industry, and he saw a peaking in his, um, in, in his business. And he said, you know, I kind of want to take, I want to buy all four competitors. I want, I want to make a mega company. And there wouldn't be antitrust because it's a data company. It's not. And it was very interesting to think like that we're all being misvalued and 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 not because we're all worried about our business as, as a, a bigger force. That might be an interesting thing. I don't recommend people going and buying four companies at once. <laughs> having, having the synergies of, of just of two companies can often be difficult to find between corporate culture and, and just to get get that off. But that is definitely an alternative in this. That you can be opportunistic instead of. Uh, the sky's falling. I want to crawl under the bed. So it, it's, uh, it, it is something that people often don't talk about. But, oh, this is bad. This is bad because that makes a lot of a lot of headlines. But it also is opportunistic too to really think about where can you know should I compete with that guy or should I merge with that guy? And should we all be on the same team and get economies of scale and go forward? Right. Den- no, I, Dennis, that's, great, that's a great idea. You know this. This is really. I, I think Jay brings up an excellent point and. During uh, these type of you know trying times, as any entrepreneur, we all go through the the highs. We love the highs, but the lows can be challenging. And really thinking differently, and to use that you know goofy old adage about thinking outside the box, it's been beaten to death. But the idea of really looking at the problem that you might be experiencing differently, uh, this is a time really you can show what you're you're made of. And and for those who are thinking, you know what, 
let me do something I normally wouldn't do in different times. I think that kind of speaks volumes about what's out there and, and how people should be looking at their business and, and rather than kind of doing things the same way you've done them for the last 20 or 30 years, maybe it's time for you to, to think differently. Yeah, no, I think so. I think that, and then, yeah, also, you know, definitely be looking at your numbers. I mean, I think it's important to know, you know, if you haven't been looking at your financials and your cash flow and your balance sheets, now's the time to really understand that. And then, you know, be thinking and forecasting ahead your your normal day-to-day business, but then knowing that, hey, there's people like Jay out there that could help bridge some of those gaps if there's, if it's a cash issue that you're looking for. Um, also the other thing you got to be thinking about, it may not be you specifically your company, but it be some of the vendors or customers you're selling to begin to have hard times. Um, mm-hmm. and again, you know, encourage them to find these other avenues and not just give up. Cause if you're right now with the supply chain messed up, if one of your key suppliers has a tough time, it can't even, it really messes you up. So it's like, okay, don't just think about your world, but think about the people you sell to, but also the people you buy from and how, they you know, need to be thinking outside the box or to, to Jay's point, maybe it's a chance for you to buy your supplier and make it mm-hmm. a full length process and, and look a little differently than you've thought in the past. So my thought is, you know, when things get tough, it's also a good time for opportunists to uh, step forward and do some neat things. And so I think there's some challenges that some people will come out ahead and some will not. But as a whole, we know over history, the economy will keep chugging and we will get through whatever it is we're going through right now. And you bring up a very good point, Dennis. I've heard stories from companies that they actually were able to find capital from a distributor who's a distributor for 10 different companies. And that distributor went to a VC and said, hey, you got to look at this thing. I'd like to make an introduction because this, this requires to be money thrown at it. In order to fuel the, you're getting in on the on the ground. These guys are just getting started and really use your guidance. So don't be afraid to use your connections and and your, your network. Mm-hmm. It really, yeah, it really is a, a great idea. You really got to get out there instead of saying, "Oh, woe is me." It's like, great, this is opportunistic. Yeah. And and your your note and getting a no from some from somebody like a like a bank or whether it be on the venture debt side, it shouldn't be like. Oh God, what am I going to do? It's, Oh, Oh God, I got to figure out other ways and I'm going to get very adventurous in order to do stuff. And Jay, so if, if you know, we, we all watch shark tank. So is, is venture capitalists, I know it's not shark tank, but is that kind of the concept? It's people that have cash and that they're interested in putting their money in there to help that company grow or do other things. Basically. I mean, that's very simplistic, but is that kind of what we're talking about? It's a simple, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a simplistic, uh, uh, methodology. Uh, they, the market is the market. It's hyper, it's super, super competitive. Uh, you really can't give an outside, uh, offer that, oh, you need $10 million. I'm going to charge you 50%. That's not going to happen. You know, the market isn't that it kind of the IRR for it is, is generally in the mid teens. Um, and that's a rule of thumb. And but there are many levers to pull. To pull, it might be, I'll give you a lower rate, but I want more warrants on the back end in case you have uh, an amazing success, successful takeover by another company swallowing mm-hmm. you up. It could be you have a longer interest only period. It's really about structure more than how things shake out. Um, 
you know, it's not like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy you, and I need, a, I need your half your company, or, or you will die. They're, they're meant to really. Um, they want, these, success, they want you to be successful, right? I mean, they want you, they want, they want you to make money, basically. So they want they, you to make money. They, they have no interest in owning the companies. They have no interest in running the companies. They have an interest in making their return and um, with few to no covenants uh, in any way. They want you to not operate to a coven, covenant. They want you to operate your business. And some will be on the board for guidance and, and seeing what they see. Uh, there are very well-known named venture capitalists that play a little game on the equity side where they'll like a space, let's say, let's call it climate tech, just to use an example of, of many different ways. And they'll, they'll put money in five different companies and they don't know which one the winner is going to be on the equity side, but they'll learn from it all. And some of it's just, here's a million dollars so I can figure it all out. But I really want to help company number two, which seems to have a, a better mousetrap and, and I'm going to take the million dollars of knowledge that enabled me to get from you guys and help them. So while it looks good to have a name investor, it doesn't always mean what you think it means. They yes, they have a support, but they might have a, an alternative plan that you're, you're unaware of to never be impressed by having one name or two names that really mm. jump out. It's a little bit of a chess game. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So Jay, hey, you know, what if I've got a company and I'm doing okay, but it's like I know this, you know, times are gonna get tough ahead, and it's like I, you know, I've got an option I could sell it, or maybe I'd go get more capital or investments to help grow. You know, what have you seen in that area? What 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 do you do? Well, I've often seen companies so confused and in this uncertain time that they've said, you know what, we're gonna do both. We're gonna see what the market will give in in terms of debt and and run a process and and. In conjunction with that, we'll also run an M&A process, hire a banker, see what see what the market says there. And we've had situations where they've not only taken the debt, they've also fielded the turn the takeover as well. And both were successful in in that in that uh, that process. Awesome. Yeah. So it's like you don't have you're at a fork. You can actually go both ways. You don't have to go one way or the other. Potentially, it's obviously, it's costly hiring bankers and lawyers and doing all of that. But you you come gotta spend money to make money sometimes, and unfortunately, and that might be your only solution. Right. Right. Yeah. This this is really such a, a fascinating topic, and I think the the lessons that I'm taking away from it is that a, a problem that you might have may have completely different solutions that. And I say solutions because we we have a tendency to kind of think of what we are doing, and we kind of lock ourselves in there. And I, I'm glad that Jay, you've given us a little bit of th- some things to think about here. I think this is really good stuff. But I know that some of our audience will have some other questions that maybe we couldn't get to, uh, and they might want to talk to you specifically. How can if we have somebody out there who wants to talk to you, Jay? How can they get a hold of you? How can they talk to you a little bit about what they want? I think the best way to do is uh, email me at uh, the letter J S P I N D E L at I N T securities.com. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Jay Spindell, divisional head with I N T E securities. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. And feel a little bit, uh, a little bit better about some of the things coming down our way. And, and this is some really good stuff. Thanks so much. This is a great conversation. Thanks for having me guys. Hey, thank you. Take care, Jay. 
You've been listening to WSH with Two Guys. We'll see you next time.